0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fashion Cupboard podcast. Today we're going to be chatting to the amazing Sydney from the brand Kimai. Kimai are a brand that specialise in lab-grown diamonds, so it's super sustainable, as well as working with 18 karat recycled gold. They've come along and totally disrupted the diamond industry. So today we're going to be chatting about how that came about, how Sydney and her co-founder Jessica founded Kimai, and their journey to get to where they are, really. So, without much more chatting from me, I'm going to introduce Sydney. Hey, Sydney. Hi, Emma.
1: How, How are you? Are you? Doing? I'm good, thank you. And you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's so nice to talk uh, to my you. My pleasure. Okay, so I think we're going to kick off just. To give everyone a bit of background about you and what you do and kind of how you got started um, and yeah let you take the floor
1: so my name is Sydney um, I come from Belgium as you can tell from my accent my French accent I grew up uh, in Belgium surrounded by um, jewelry why because my father is a jeweler my grandfather was working for the Beers which is a big diamond company and i'm the co-founder of kimai we launched kimai two years ago and uh, our mission is really to bring transparency in the jewelry industry and i live in london
0: so for a bit of context for everyone listening sydney and i met for the first time um, when i was freelancing at threads and her brand kimai were doing shoot with threads so they had some of their like amazing pieces on set And I don't really know like how we even got talking. It was just we got talking like straight away. We had loads in common and we ended up just always staying in touch. And then, yeah, I mean, that was kind of how we met. Yeah, it was really funny. So, I mean, like coming back to obviously you started your own business. So many people out there will have the question how, why, you know, how does someone go about, if they have an idea, how does someone start their own business? So, I mean, what advice would you give to someone wanting to start their own business?
1: Yeah, I think first is really figuring out what you want to do in life. I first, so I was surrounded by jewelry. I knew I wanted to evolve in the jewelry industry. I studied gemology, so diamonds and stones, for a year. I did a bit of design. And then I worked at thread styling for two years um, in the jewelry department as a brand partnership manager. And, and then I decided to launch Kima because I always wanted to create my own brand. And I was living with my, uh, co-founder at the time in Shoreditch, um, in London. And then she always wanted to create also to evolve in the jewelry industry. And she heard, um, what she was in the, in Antwerp, in the diamond industry, people were complaining about, uh how the diamond is it, like it, it's not doing great at the moment because there's lab-grown diamonds who are basically identical to mine diamonds for those of you who don't know about lab-grown diamonds they're chemically and physically identical to mine one um, the only difference comes from the origin one it's coming from the herd and the other one is coming from uh, it's created in the lab so it's really fascinating and then we just decided and it was really organic we decided to combine both idea and then we created Kimai um yeah like we launched Kimai in November 2018 I believe yeah so it's been a journey yeah no no it's been amazing so I think the, the advice like really figuring out what's your passion and because the company you're going to create like it's a long term thing it's not something like it's something you really need to be passionate about because you will see like every aspect of it the the downside the good side and everything so I think passion is really important uh, when you're starting something
0: definitely I mean I think as well like having I I kind of have a similar background in that, like my whole family work in fashion and I always knew I kind of wanted to start something and only now have I been like, okay, I'm actually going to do it. Sometimes it can be really tough just to kind of take a step back. I mean, for you, obviously, yeah, like you were working at Threads and then you were kind of living with Jessica, who's your co-founder, and you were just like, you know what, we're going to try and let's see what happens. And I mean, obviously, Kimai is an amazing brand. Like i I love like everything about your brand. I love the message. I love branding. Like, I just think it's so great. I think think
1: I was, I think I'm really lucky to have a co-founder because I think that helps when it's really scary to actually jump and make the the, the first move. Like I'm launching the company. This is, and especially that usually your first website is is not great. Um, (laughs) Of course, I think it really helps to have someone who's next to you, who like, who's able to challenge you, but also like cheer you up. Uh, So I think being the two of us and we knew uh, each other super well as well. So I think that that really helped. Um, And also we've been super lucky. I don't know if you, if you knew, but like we, two months after the launch, we had Meghan Markle wore, um, she wore the earrings, which definitely helped us like bring the word out there. And it really launched the brand.
0: So how did that happen tell tell me about that like how did that process happen and then obviously you saw her wearing them were you like freaking out
1: uh freaking out yes we didn't know we we actually launched like we we had like we invested very little money in the brand we just like to build a website create a few samples did a photo shoot and that's it and then we just wanted to see like just create like a proof of concept first we didn't want to invest a huge amount we wanted to see like what's the demand for the product and everything um, so the first step, I think, was just trying to get the word out there. So like emailing stylists, journalists, uh, influencer, and just trying to like cold email people. And just my co-founder is great, is really great at that. And then we kind of like email everyone we could. And then out of nowhere, like someone emailed us from her team just to request a pair of earrings, which was insane. That is absolutely. And then, and so she requested them, probably in December, and then in January she wore them.
0: (laughs) I can't imagine how that must have felt, like seeing seeing a photo of her wearing your earrings. That obviously, you know, the two of you had like worked, like you just said, you know, you had started this business, you grew it quite literally, completely organically yourself. You just given it like a chance and been like, well, we'll see what happens. Then all of a sudden, one of the biggest household names in the world is wearing your earrings.
1: No, for sure. I think it's also important to really select um, the people you want, like basically select who are your ambassadors. I think yeah. Megan Morgan was a great, uh, a great woman to wear a product because she really uh, values sustainability and sustainable brands. So she was just a perfect match. Um, and that's why we actually like tried to get her as well. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And I think still today we're like, it's hard to believe it
0: definitely and I mean like something like that you know once that photo is out there I'm sure you probably still get people now that see that photo for the first time and they're like oh I love her earrings where did she get them it's like it's a circle that never ends
1: yeah 100% and then and also it's it, because we launched the brand in 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 London two years ago and then we thought like UK market will be the biggest market but actually while Megan market she's really um, well known in the US, it enables us also to to tackle a new market, which is yeah. the US, which is a way bigger market than than Europe. Uh, so it's also like super interesting because we kind of became uh, a global brand rather than just like a UK London based brand.
0: Yeah. I mean, as well, like starting as a small business, obviously that exposure, like you've just said, is huge because you go from being this really small business, kind of like you just said, dealing mostly in London. All of a sudden, you've got an audience in the US and an audience in Asia and an audience like all around the world. You grow so quickly because of something like that.
1: And the earring is also like a bit more special than super classic ones. So it was also like very special for a princess to wear those kind of earrings. Yeah. it was like for those who don't know it's basically Air Climber um and she wore with like um some diamonds hanging out, yeah. so it, it's it's a bit special, and it was an twisted earrings. You know, it's not like the classic that you would expect from uh, someone from from the royalty family to wear.
0: Yeah, definitely. I obviously know quite a lot now. Well, not a lot, actually. Probably not a lot at all. Uh, but I know enough about lab diamonds. But for those listening, maybe if you could just talk a bit more about what a lab diamond is and what a mine diamond is, and kind of what are the normal diamonds that people have in engagement rings, just so everyone has a clear idea of what the business is all about, basically.
1: Yeah, so basically, as I mentioned, uh, lab-grown diamond and mine diamond are identical. Um, I studied gemology and I can't tell them apart. Even a professional jeweler wouldn't be able to to tell the difference. So that's really interesting. One, the mine diamonds are grown under the herd and it takes millions of years to create uh, a one-carat diamond the only thing that we didn't like about mine uh, like diamond mining is really like the detrimental impact on the environment such as soil erosion uh, deforestation and also like ecosystem restrictions but also the social impact which is like child laborers human rights uh, human violation and bad treatments of workers in general so um, when we came to london we actually became more and more aware of our environmental impact and social impact and then we didn't want to create a brand that was associated with those kind of um of things so we, we when we discovered lab diamonds it was first it's it's amazing because it's it's a new technology it's very new when we launched the brand uh kimai two years ago there wasn't any players uh, at least in europe using those diamonds yeah and also we felt uh our generation was looking for different things we were we were investing more in experiences in um, like we didn't want to buy like a, a mine diamond is so so expensive yeah uh, we do love diamonds so that's something that we still love and then we want we, we wanted to be able to wear those diamonds but we didn't want to, to spend like thousand and thousand on diamonds where our priorities have shifted from from our grandparents at the time. Yeah. Um, so that's the main difference. Lab grown Diamonds are also like 50% cheaper in general, 50 to 60% cheaper. So there's like a massive uh, pricing difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people who come at Kima really come for, uh, for ethical reasons. Uh, as well as for uh, pricing reasons but i would say mainly for ethical reasons to have like a completely transparent diamond or lab we we don't grow our lab grown diamonds ourselves we buy from trusted suppliers mm-hmm. but most of our diamonds come from israeli labs uh where you have like a lot of women workers um, um everything is super transparent we share the pictures uh, with our clients and everything so it's really interesting and yeah. then also we focus on diamonds that who have like a certain quality standard so we wouldn't go for lower clarity or lower colors so so that's basically it
0: amazing and also you use 18 karat recycled gold right
1: yeah yeah definitely so basically we when we launched kimai we didn't use 18 uh, 18- carrot recycled gold at the time just because it's it's difficult yeah. and we really believe in in the process. We are not like 100% sustainable because it's really hard to be, um, but we try to do always better. So I think six months later, um, so six months after we launched Kimai, we, we found like a trusted supplier for recycled gold. So we're like today, it's amazing that we were able to use only 18 carat recycled gold. So that's also um, another thing, but we 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 are all about progress. So we can definitely do better. Um, and we are excited about the future. I think with technology today, you can do more and more amazing things. Definitely. Uh, so that's definitely something we look um, towards too.
0: Also, I mean, the brand itself is so kind of young and contemporary and modern. I think when people sometimes think of diamonds, they immediately think of like engagement rings or like tennis bracelets. And it's all kind of very something you may have seen your mom or your grandma wear, but it's not necessarily something a woman in her 20s would have ever pre maybe aspired to but actually been able to achieve because like you said it was so expensive whereas your designs are are much more kind of like for the contemporary woman and obviously the prices are much more accessible because they're lab-grown diamonds and you're hitting such a great kind of market for those people that want to have that elevated jewelry but can't afford to spend like five grand on a bracelet because i mean who can really no no no
1: no for sure, for sure. We really didn't want to trade off on design. We really wanted to tick all the points that we wanted. So like sustainability design and price. We prices of peace as fair as possible. Everything is made to end in Antwerp, so definitely it comes at a certain price. Everything is handmade. Uh, but these were value we values that we wanted to promote. And we also wanted to create pieces that young women wanted to wear. So like, for example, um, if you can check on your website, we only sell earrings per unit because young women, we always have different piercings. We like to mix and match. And that was the whole goal uh, of Kimai is really like to play and then create your own style so it can reflect your own personality.
0: Where did the name come from? Where did Kimai come from and what's the relevance to the brand?
1: So we really struggled to find A name uh, because we wanted to have something super meaningful to us but also like some something you could remember quite quickly. Kima in Hebrew means uh, sustainability so it really makes sense made sense and uh, we just added the I and the two dots just to make it sound like really nice.
0: And Obviously that has so much relevance to your brand because your brand is all about sustainability so yeah
1: it's the number one value so we had to reflect it in the name.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it couldn't, it literally couldn't be more fitting. And I also think it's quite nice when you have, like you said, your brand name is like, it's quite short and simple. And it's not something that's like hard to remember. You see the name and you just remember it because it's so kind of clear and easy. Okay, so I mean, coming back to obviously all of the positives of starting your own brand and like, like you said like seeing your jewelry on mega markle there must be parts of the job that are super challenging so i mean what would you say is like the most challenging part of starting your own brand
1: um so <laughs> every day is a challenge i have to say um as a startup you come across things like you've never uh, came across before um, I can give you some examples. For example, it was really a struggle for us to find a, a packaging that was sustainable but also luxury because, of course, um, even even if our pieces are priced fairly, it's still a certain price. Um, the average price point is around £600. So it's still quite high. So you need like a packaging that that still feels luxury while still yeah. being contemporary. Um, and it was a really, it's, and it's still today a struggle. now we're like investing in a new options for packaging. Uh, it's an exciting project, but it's been like two years. Uh, we've been like, ch- like trying to get like the right packaging. So that's a big challenge for us. I think also like building a team, finding the, the right walls and the right people for those roles mm-hmm. is really challenging. Uh, because I think the first employees will help you the to bring the company where you want it to be. Uh, so that's one of the biggest challenges as well. And and then the, the the daily things, you know, like founding a company It's the first time we, we built a company, like we launched the company when we were 25. Um, of course, we both had some work experience, but there's nothing compared to you launching your own company. So I think every day, like you come across new new things, new challenges that you have to tackle.
0: Circling back to, obviously, like you've just said about earlier on, packaging being a big challenge. From my side, definitely, like, packaging is kind of really important to the brand because of, be it social media or be it a reflection of the brand itself. Um, In terms of social media, how important would you say that that is to your business?
1: I think today, social media is kind of like your 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 company cards like if you look like if you speak to a friend and then uh, she tells you about a brand you definitely look at instagram to check them out to check what kind of product they're doing so definitely it's a big part of, of kimai and because we are d2c we don't sell to wholesalers social media is is your um, acquisition channel as well as well as the website so it's, it's been really really important and also as i mentioned earlier it's, it's a way actually to build trust with your customers. You can just come on the camera and you're trying to do those kind of initiatives more and more just to speak more with our customers and then answer your question. Because we like, for example, lab one diamonds for those of you who might not know it before, there's a lot of education to be done. We need to educate the customer that a lab one diamond is a diamond. It's not a fake diamond. It's actually identical. Social media, Today, like, enables you to do that to really speak with, like, build the trust with your customers, connect with them, listen to them as well. Because we have a lot of customers who come back to us and say, like, "Oh, I really want a ring, but that ring is is, is a bit too expensive for us. Uh, can you come up with like a ring that's slightly less expensive, for example?" And then we create uh, six months later a product that matched their their needs you know so that's really I think that's really exciting and still social media I think it's it's difficult today to really build brand awareness because it's so crowded but it's still a great asset to any brand
0: yeah I mean I guess as well it's like your advertising platform like above anything it's if someone sees a picture that you've posted on Instagram and they really like the way that it's shot they might share it to their story and then someone else might see it and share it to their story and it's like it's kind of like an ever-growing like loop of people that have access to your content
1: 100% 100% and it gives it like you can also like really tell your story I think through social media whereas like on, on, on a website it's more difficult to do yeah. that you have like it's like more it's more corporate yeah. whereas like on social media you can be you can share inspiration you can share what you're doing on the weekend you can yeah. share everything like behind the scenes, for example, we we tried also to share behind the scenes, but also like products uh, that are currently in production that might be released six months later. Um, I love when you do that, You can do everything. Like when you show your
0: atelier, like I I love that. I think it's so cool to actually being able to like see, I think you put up a picture of like some rough diamonds the other day or something. And I was like, oh my God, I've never seen that before. It's so interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And people are really demanding of that. I think they want to have more transparent content and they, they will respond way better to those kind of content than just like a beautiful picture with a perfect girl yeah. wearing some jewelry, you know? Yeah. Which really, makes sense. There's
0: transparency and like, you know, people love to buy something that has a story behind it. And so what's better, like what better thing to buy than like a diamond with a whole story behind it, a whole process that you can actually know about from start to finish.
1: Yeah, no, 100%.
0: So cool. And then obviously, you recently launched engagement rings, which must have been like a massive step for you guys. So how did you how do you decide to do that? Why? What was the driving force behind that?
1: Um, So the driving force was definitely customers. Uh, We've done in the past year a few engagement rings as bespoke uh, orders, uh, just because we had people asking for it. When basically Corona hit last year, we decided to really work on the engagement ring collection strategy. We worked on six designs. Um, how we're going to put it on the website and the communication strategy and everything. Uh, we really took this time off to really work on uh, on that, and we're, we launched back in November. And it's been it's been great because we had a lot of demand. People really reacted super well to uh, this new launch. And also, like it's I don't know if you had the chance to look, but we have like super classic designs, but we also have like some some that are a bit more uh, edgy. Yeah. which is interesting. And then we sell, we sell to be honest, we sell them, them all, which is super interesting. And then oh. we had also like great insight in terms of like the changing behavior of mm-hmm. people by engagement ring. We had a lot of couple coming to us directly as a couple and not just like the man, we had like women. Sometimes we deal with only the woman, which is so interesting, like actually like really to work on, on those special pieces with, with clients
0: yeah i love that i love that what was that ring called the one that like wraps around the, f- the billy ring yes i love yeah. that one i think it's so gorgeous and it's also like just i mean it's so your brand because it's so like contemporary and cool but like, it's i i love that one it's my favorite. yeah it's
1: definitely edgier it's yeah. still it's still something that you could wear it's timeless but but edgy it's cool if you want if you don't want, like if you're not like a super classic person yeah but uh you want something that really reflects your own personality it's a bit edgier uh but still like it's, it needs to be timeless because it's something that you want to wear um yeah. a lot forever yeah
0: yeah yeah I, I thought that i loved also i loved your shoot for that like they had this beautiful model in, like bagel bake in shoreditch and it was just very reflective of what yeah like, how i see your brand
1: Yeah, we really wanted to showcase the woman only, like in usual, like if you look at all the Street Jewelers campaign, uh, it's all very glamorous, it really showcased the woman like in a red dress, full of makeup, and they're trying to sell the dream, but for us, it really doesn't, it doesn't really talk to us, and we wanted to do something like, as you said, like contemporary woman and like like us basically going to work grabbing the coffee and then because the engagement that's something you wear for a special occasion it's something you should wear like on a daily basis so we really wanted to reflect that energy within the campaign
0: definitely I mean I definitely did that and I think as well the campaign itself was so shareable it was such a fun it was such fun imagery that it was you kind of would want to share it as inspo because it was just such a fun look like such a fun shoot um thank you so kind of coming back a little bit to you guys starting out and like you've now been running did you say it's two years
1: two years and a half almost yeah okay
0: amazing so i mean you've had obviously a lot of experience in that time has there been anyone that has really inspired you even through even before you guys starting has there been anyone that's really been an inspiration to you
1: so, within the industry, I wouldn't say so just because we really wanted to shake up the the, the industry so we we basically won we, want, we wanted to do anything but what the others were doing yeah, um so not not someone from the industry, but I guess like everyone sur- like everyone who surrounded us inspire us to create Kimai we raised funds um on the first year of Kimai and Jess has been in touch with like amazing entrepreneurs um that inspired us as well and advise us on the strategy of Kimai and everything but it's not someone in particularly Mm -hmm. I think it's more about like people who surrounded us
0: yeah yeah definitely I mean rather than
1: someone specific and Yeah. yeah and then we have like also like today where you have like a lot of books you can read on entrepreneurship. You have like great entrepreneurs that you can look up to. There's like, of course, for example, if you look at Whitney uh, where she took uh, Bumble, it's yeah. really inspiring as a woman entrepreneur. Then you have Emily Weiss where, uh, with Glossier. Those, those are amazing, amazing entrepreneurs that really inspired us. Yeah. Um, but we don't know them personally yeah.
0: yet. <laughs> but I think as well like you've said sometimes it's not about like having someone in the industry necessarily like you guys like you said are almost like industry disruptors you came in and you were like no we don't like what's being done with diamonds in the industry we're here to change that and I think you can kind of seek out inspiration from anywhere I get a lot of inspiration from my parents and my grandparents
1: for sure and it can be anyone from different industry I think what the beauty industry is really really interesting art industry as well is really interesting and you can have like those like those women entrepreneurs as as inspiration you know we have Marie Tanguy uh, in the art industry Um, we have we've been lucky to have uh, Diane Van Furstenberg as an investor as well she's been a big inspiration for us she's also coming from Belgium so those are like we have many 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 women uh, inspiring us around us.
0: Bearing all of that in mind if you could go back in time to tell your 16 year old self something what would it be
1: i would say believe in yourself um don't be scared be resilient and yeah don't give up and just like don't let the challenges uh, scare you and stop you from doing what you love
0: oh, such good advice it's it's so true because i think i mean some people definitely set out to start their own businesses and some people it kind of just organically happens and that's amazing too but it's just kind of like you said to be really resilient and just not give up and keep going and try
1: yeah and you you need to yeah definitely try and then like you need to build your strength over time, I think that really helped to have a co-founder. She can really cheer you up, and and then you're doing this thing for the other as well. It's not just you in the in the wagon, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that I think is really interesting. If you have someone, if you're lucky to have someone who can really guide you, and 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 are in the same boat as you, I think that really helps definitely.
0: Yeah, that's funny because it's also something that my brother James said when I interviewed him about Skinny Dip. He was like. I feel so fortunate to have two business partners because where one of us lacks, the other one can always kind of like jump in or you know, when one of us has an opinion and the other has an opposing opinion, it's always good to sit down and have a discussion. Whereas when you're like a sole entrepreneur or you're starting something on your own like I have, it can be really tough because you don't have that. As much as I have obviously lots of experience around me, I don't have that one person that I can be like, what do you think of this and this or this packaging and this shoe and this model and this I don't yeah. have that person to bounce off yeah
1: and I think if you're a solo entrepreneur then I would like really surround yourself with people who you really can count on like for different it can be in different fields can be marketing could be production could be anything yeah. but just so you're supported I, I yeah. think that would really help
0: also don't be afraid to reach out like obviously you know me and you have built a friendship which is really nice and I know like really look up to you guys and what you've done with your brand and then i have like my brothers and i have people around me i surround myself with people that are entrepreneurial and and starting their own things so that i can also kind of you know if i am struggling with something i have loads of people that i could ask for advice i could just say you know you've been here for what sure. do you think
1: 100 percent. yeah i think that's really really important
0: okay so final question for you <laughs> what advice would you give Final advice to any young entrepreneurs out there listening who would be looking to start something of their own in 2021?
1: Just try give it a go if you can and maybe start as a side hustle if you can if you have the opportunity to just start as a side hustle just try to see if there is demand if the and talk uh, about the idea to other people I think a lot of people are scared to share the idea because people sometimes are afraid they're gonna gonna steal the idea but I don't think it's true i think you should talk 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 to everyone you can and then feed yourself with people's feedback i think that's really important and that's yeah. going to be able to it's going to enable you to grow your company and and really uh, improve it so i i think that's really important though so try it out uh just like even if it's as a, as a side hustle and then yeah talk about it to everyone, Call, email, everyone you can that is relevant to what you're doing. Don't be afraid to reach out to anyone. And that's something that my co-founder teached me uh, a lot is really don't be afraid to reach out to anyone and express your views.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think as well, it's being really open to criticism sometimes, which can be hard because when you're first starting something, it's kind of like your baby. And the second someone criticizes it, you're like, Well, hold on a second, but actually it's it's listening to people who have those kind of critical views so that you can take that on board and be like, actually, I could tweak this and that would make it better. That is just being open.
1: And that's still it's relevant still today, even like as you grow your company, it's like to really listen to people's feedback, whether it's customer or someone who has experience in entrepreneurship or already launched his brand or anything i think it's really about listening and that's how you can really progress and improve your brand is by um, always listening to what other people think as long as you keep your vision and mission i think that's really important
0: okay i lied when i said that was my last question this is my last question what's next for kim i
1: so um, expansion. So basically, we launched uh, recently engagement ring. So that's something we really focus on because we launched like a couple of months ago. So that's a, a big thing for us. Uh, we're trying to grow that category uh, this year. We would love to open new stores at some point. I know now it's a bit difficult, but like when it's going to reopen. In the next semester, we hope to be able to open stores just because we have a lot of people who wants to who want to try the jewelry in, in person, yeah. which makes sense. Uh, and it's also like a great opportunity for us to actually meet our customers because mm-hmm. everything's been digital for too long. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and new product developments, of course, uh, exciting partnerships, and then it's always like day by day. So there there's going to be so many new stuff who, who who will be coming in in 21 for sure.
0: Thank you so, so much for doing this with me. Um, Thank you, Emma. um, It was so nice talking to you and catching up with you. And I can't wait to get my hands eventually on some Kim I Judery, (laughs) because that's next. Yeah, you should, yeah. (laughs) I will. (laughs) (laughs) Huge thank you again to Sydney for being a part of this week's podcast. I absolutely love chatting with her and honestly really look up to her and her co-founder with everything that they've done with their brand. If you haven't checked out their jewellery, you absolutely have to. They are the most beautiful pieces. As usual, we will be releasing who our next guest is on our Instagram this week, at the Fashion Cupboard Podcast, and if you have any questions at all, feel free to email us at thefashioncupboardpodcast at gmail.com. But until then, see you next week. Bye!